Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of A Blessing in Divorce. Today we're talking about dating and I have a really special guest that I'm going to be talking to who's going to be sharing very candidly with us her experience of dating and how tough it's out there. And I'll be speaking with Michelle Trena. She is a stand-up comedian and the creator of Divorce Diaries, which is a national one-woman comedy show and a TV series in development. Michelle has performed all over the country, um, that being the U.S., and made appearances on Tamron Hall, Wendy Williams, Tea with Gary Vee, and on stage with Chippendales, Las Vegas. That sounds like fun. Um, And that was the ultimate divorce party. So Michelle uses humor to poke fun at divorce, being a single mom, and a former theater teacher. Michelle has won awards for Divorce Diaries TV pilot, her short film 180, and has a comedy special on Amazon Prime. Michelle loves to love, and that's why she got divorced. So let's get into this episode. But before I do, I want to mention that I will be doing a follow-up episode with her where I'm kind of going through a coaching call with her. I'll tell you more about that later, but stay tuned for that episode. Keep an eye out because that'll come up in the next couple of weeks where I, like I said, coach her through a dating experience. That might be really interesting for you as well. So let's do this. Hello and welcome back to another episode of A Blessing in Divorce. I am so grateful to be allowed into your headset and day today. My name is Elizabeth and I'm the host of this podcast and the owner and founder of The Separation Club, which is the club you never wanted to be part of, but the best club to be in if you're going through separation and divorce. Here we talk about how to heal, move forward and find love if you're so inclined. Also, motherhood through divorce, finding yourself, and creating the life you deserve. Our tools are community, sisterhood, honesty, vulnerability, spirituality, and coaching, and that's when we aren't talking to our experts. I'm also a divorced mother of four adult sons, remarried, and a stepmom to three, so we will be talking about everything that goes with all of that here. If you are recently separated, thinking of separating, divorcing, or even beyond your divorce, but still feeling it? then this is the podcast for you. Hi, Michelle. It is so nice to have you on my podcast. And thank you so much for joining me. We just met sort of, you know, in that social media sort of way, which I so appreciate that you got back to me and that you were willing to come on here and talk about dating. So, you know, it's a it's a minefield from what I'm being told. It's thankfully been a number of years since I've had to do it. But the women that I work with, oh my God, do they complain about just that it feels hard and inauthentic and weird. And last time they dated, they didn't do it online. And, you know, there's all this to navigate. And I don't think it's just women that find it hard. I think it's men as well. But um, we're going to focus on the women today. So first, tell me a bit about yourself. Tell me about what you do. Tell me about how Divorce Diaries were born. And let's just get started there. Well, thank you, Elizabeth, with an S for having me. I Thank you for noticing. Yes, because... A lot of the men that I date don't notice that I have one L in my name. And that's always a big sign for me that they're like, well, there's many signs. But um, so I am a single mom, comedian, actress, uh, lover of life, uh, caffeine-aholic. Well, I'm a coffee-aholic. And I've always been a performer since I was a, a little girl. I was a dancer. I love telling stories through uh, the arts and I love helping people through the arts and divorce diaries stemmed from my divorce 
and my background as an actor and performer and then really eventually my comedy went from improv to stand up and then combined that in my show and um divorce diaries now is like basically my brand one of my brands but it's my it's like my second child it really encompasses life my life after divorce and being on the outskirts and and looking for self really it's looking for love but it's really about uh self-love you know and um through the comedy but i love it i have a tv special a comedy special on amazon prime called divorce series i have a tv series we're working on it's uh you know a social media platform um and you know i'm excited to just talk with you about how life has you know how the arts especially comedy shifted um my perspective on things especially Sounds good. We lost you a little bit there, but I think we got most of it with us. Just, it was just it again? a little bit. Uh, no, you're with me now, and I think we got most of that with us. We it was just at the very end that we just lost you for a second when your arms were up in the air. So oh. it was just, <laughs> but no, all good. Sounds amazing. You know, it's everything you talk about that you do would absolutely terrify me, like com comedy and performing and whatever. But I guess on some level, that's what I'm doing here. But I get to hide. A little bit because I'm sitting at home and there's no one in front of me except on the screen. But anyway, I admire you for what you do. And I did you do comedy and stuff before you got divorced or did it? I did. Yeah, I didn't. And I didn't do stand up till after I got divorced. But I was in improvisation in college till after college. I studied it upright grade. Um, and then I paused on it when I met my ex-husband and we were dating. So it's paused on a lot of the uh, momentum I was doing towards being a full-time actor when I met my ex-husband, mostly because I didn't want to tour. I was touring a lot and um, with like musical theater and children's theater and doing improv in New York City. And I was very big always in being cast in these physical comedic roles. Um, and then I, I shifted when I got married. I became a theater teacher, taught improv, taught a lot of uh, theater in public schools, became um, a supervisor of performing arts, became a prince. I got a principal certification. I, isn't that crazy? Um, and so, so the comedy was always there, but before my divorce, before my marriage, um, it just, the stand-up element came after I, um, I dated a guy after my divorce that broke up with me and I was really hurt. And I, I used to always make fun of some of the things that he would do to me because they were kind of weird and obnoxious. And I always said like, one day I want to make a sketch about this. And I would put it into, I put it into Divorce Diaries, but not as a stand-up comedy show when it was just like a one woman play. And then when I started doing stand-up at the same time, I, just told the story about him. And then that really started to mold how Divorce Darius became a comedy show because I got a lot of joy out of, this might sound really bad. I got joy or I felt healing when I would make fun of the situation from the guy who hurt me. So. Well, it, it, you know, I think there, I think there's a lot of honesty in comedy. I think comedy gives us an opportunity to to say what we're really thinking, and because we're turning it into a joke, so to speak, 
it's kind of okay. It doesn't feel as hard. It's just literally sitting down in a serious conversation and sharing your feelings. Whereas making a joke about them, I think to many feels easier. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think it's about sharing. And I think a healing journey is about understanding what we're feeling and if standing on stage, I guess, and, and speaking about it in a funny way and kind of making fun of yourself and other people and the journey, as long as you're not harming people, why not? Right? Like it's not a, it's just another way to do it. And I don't think there's any rules that say you shouldn't. I think most people wouldn't choose that simply because people are terrified of, including myself, of standing up in front of people and talking about myself. Like I said, I found it hard enough to launch this podcast and I get to usually hide in that I'm not even seen. So it's just, you know, that was hard enough just to put my voice out there and talking and I'm not even trying to be funny. So it's, uh, it's I, hard. I, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. And I admire what you're doing. Thank you. <laughs> it's, um, it's very you know it's you have to really you have to really be willing to take the risk too because yeah, yeah. So. no I 100% get that so okay well let's get into like the dating journey a little bit because that's what I want to talk to you about it's something that comes up so often and even though I did go through it myself after my divorce obviously my dating journey was fairly short um it was really good I'm married to him now so it's not you know I I feel like I can't really understand or empathize or fully immerse myself in some of the issues that women are having. Plus I always, I did meet him online. I will say that. Wait. And so what number of, he, so from your divorce till you met your new, your now husband, what line of men was he? Was he like a, very oh, like number two or three, three, three. Yeah. And the first two were like quick gone. Like first one, maybe three dates, second one, two dates or one, one coffee date. It was like, I literally used that phone call, you know, you're supposed to set up that phone call and have, you know, someone check on you after 45 minutes and pretend that it's an emergency from one of the kids so you can get away. I used it on the second guy. I was like, get me out of here. <laughs> it was so awful. No, he wasn't a bad person. It was just like this. I don't want to spend another minute doing this. So I feel very lucky when I met Glenn in that, you know, that we clicked and that he was a good guy and obviously it's worked out. Um, though I, you know, and I, another time I'll talk about what I feel I did to make that work as well because I think there's I don't think every man is a, is a jerk let's put it that way and there's a lot of women I think who go into online dating thinking they're all bad they're all cheaters That's me. okay <laughs> they're not and I don't and I don't believe that they are maybe because I have four sons who are all in their late 20s oh I know I, no they're not I, bad I, people and I, I think just like women Men are also misunderstood and misinterpreted. And I think just like women, men think they have to put on a persona when they're in online dating. And I think everybody's so busy making an impression that they all make a bad one. Like it's just, I think so many yeah. bad things happen online because we're not sitting in front of someone. We're making so much judgment before we ever even meet someone in person. I agree. I also think that, you know, I, I have lots of male friends that I'm close with and I do really like men too. But then there's the side when I date men, the specific men that I get attracted to or have connections to, they're always seem to, I mean, I think that they run from commitment. They don't want commitment. They have an issue with putting an effort. They don't match my energy. And for some reason I'm attracted to them somehow and they're, it's good at first. And then it's like, Bleh. but my, I mean, my dating life for the last eight years has been um, like Tales from the Crypt, maybe from the male's perspective too. I mean, you know, 
I have been told that I look like Skeletor. So that guy from Tales from the Crypt, I guess. Yeah, I could okay. Too. Well, I don't really see it, but hey, whatever. <laughs> but it's, uh, I think it's a, I think it's a difficult place to be right now, especially in online dating. And it seems to be the only way. Um, and I think, you know, if anything, you know, the pandemic, which I hate that we're still bringing it up, but it no, really yeah. pushed us inside and behind the screen to do things. So it eliminated, you know, two, three years of people dating in the normal old fashioned way of like setting people up and going to a bar or a club or meeting people at a party or, you know, office parties, all those things like so much of that was eliminated for such a long time that I think everybody went indoors, if you will, and just dated from home. So I think, and I think it's really changed the landscape. And I think very few people have mastered it in any meaningful way. Um, so I don't know if we're going to solve that problem today, but I mean, I think it'd be really fun to just, again, like, you know, just hear about some of your experiences and maybe we can share some nuggets with the ladies out there who are listening to help them. So I guess when you jumped in, did you start by online dating? Is that where you got started? I've actually never online dated, but okay. I've I'm on Hinge right now. So I have done it. I've downloaded it, but I've never actually like done it. So, so or maybe I, I should say, actually, I shouldn't say I haven't done it. I've done it for like a second and then I run off of it because I, I get overwhelmed. Um, So I'm on Hinge now and I made a profile. Actually, I was just going to delete it because it's like homework. And I love social media, which is odd. So you think I would love the online dating. But to me, it's not fun. It's they get the same cheesy line. You get too many men with their dogs um, and supposed that's supposed to be like a good thing. And I'm like, no, I think it's weird. Uh, I don't like online dating. I don't like dating right now. I hate it. I feel like a failure at it. Uh, there's been nothing fun about it, um, except for the very first date where I'm liking the person. It's going well. And then somehow it spirals out of control and I'm in the fetal position for eight months. So. <laughs> Okay. Not a success story, but um, and I, yeah. So let's unravel that. So first of all, if you haven't done any online dating, really, how are you meeting men? Because I think women would love to meet men in a more normal yeah. setting yeah. and not meet them online. How are you doing yeah. that? Well, here's the funny part. Actually, I should. I'm wrong because I am meeting them. Some of them I am meeting online, but it's not through dating apps. It's through Instagram. Okay. Or, uh, so a lot of, a couple of them have been through Instagram. They found me through divorce diaries, specifically this producer that I started to have feelings for had me on his podcast. It's okay. I know you're married, Elizabeth, so I'm not going to hit on you. <laughs> no, but he, him and you never know, son, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> he had this, him and I had this connection and we stayed friends. He lives in LA. I live here. Um, I was raising money for my pilot, TV pilot at the time. He's in film and television. So it was like a perfect storm of like, ooh. And, you know, I have a thing for Latin men. He's Cuban. He had the accent. Uh, wasn't my exact, like, physical type. I usually go for big, burly guys. He was not a big, burly guy. So at first I was like, eh, I don't know. And then when we we talked on the phone for hours on end. And I really started to like him. And I was like getting turned on emo emotionally stimulated by our conversations. So I met him on Instagram and then we met in person. We had a romance and that went disastrous. And then the one before that was through a friend, through a friend of a friend. Uh, he was fixing my phone and uh, like I, I used to bartend too. So he came into work. So it was another work-related thing. Met through a friend. He was a cop. And the cop that I dated before him, I met through friends from work. So it okay. was 
yes yeah, so i was actually meeting people through my friends um that and instagram so i think work my friends and instagram were the three other outlets but um i haven't had great you know i i actually no i i'm lying i did meet somebody in my neighborhood too the guy who owns a business in my neighborhood um he owns the bagel place in in my business this greek guy we dated didn't work out um but i met him and i just gave him my number because i went in there a lot and i finally like just a gave movie my it's like as, as a canadian sitting up here it's like this girl from new york she met a guy in the bagel place like okay so what's the name of the movie <laughs> yeah greek bagel uh yeah. greek guy um but we still talk but I eventually realized that it wasn't there, the chemistry that I needed. Um, we, we, we on and off dated for about two years, just like dated, like not physically active together, but making out, maybe that's it. I think the best relationship I ever had, um, I guess I could say it now, I don't really care. He's not, a, he's not, he doesn't perform with them anymore. But when I performed with Chippendales as like a, a, a did five minutes of my show, I met somebody who worked, who was a dancer for Chippendales at the time. He was very sweet. We stayed in touch. And when he was on tour with Chippendales in my area, we hooked up and it was great. And he was, and, and that, that was another way I met someone. So it was like a bunch of different ways, but the online dating has not been one of them. So, okay. So because I'm being told that it's impossible to meet someone like just in life, um, so I, because I've said, I said things like go and hang out at Home Depot or Lowe's or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, man's man. But what would you say to women who are listening to this going, okay, I'd love to meet someone in person or meet them through a friend or something like that and not have to do online dating. Yeah. So do it, you it, talk it, to your friends and say like, hey, do you know anyone or like, how does yeah. this happen? So that in the very beginning I did, I did. I was like, set me up, set me up, set me up. And now I'm like, keep them away, keep them away, keep them away. <laughs> uh, I actually did meet someone in person again recently. He's a doctor at my, my cousin's, it's my cousin's neighbor's uh, single doctor. And that's, we've actually went out for drinks. He's another guy, we're still in communication, very nice. Um, so I think maybe, so what I've done is, yes, I've put myself out there in prayer, legit prayed on it, and it has happened. So, but I have asked friends and I do, I am in a business where it is very sociable. So when I do shows, I meet people. Yeah. Um, and when I, uh, I, I, again, like, but that's like part of my career. So like, if you want to do something in your life for yourself, put yourself out there and you might meet someone through that. Um, but again, I've had zero luck. Clearly, I'm still single. And okay, so and let's get to the zero luck part. So you're meeting people. That's not the problem, right? Right. And I guess, you know, and again, I think that's what a lot of women are frustrated with and or anyone dating um, is the zero luck part. Like, yeah, sure, you can get a date, maybe two dates and it doesn't work out. Or the um, a very common complaint I get is the guy either ghosts them or suddenly he's just not interested. Like he just like, I'm not interested. So you know, not, it's not you, it's me, that, that's the little story. And then they just disappear out of their life. And then they, they're sitting there kind of going, but why? I thought we were having fun and they don't know. And so, I mean, of course we could like spend hours probably analyzing the many dozens of reasons that people walk away, um, you know, and the, the cliches are like, 
you know, he wasn't worthy of you then, or you weren't ready, or he wasn't ready. It's not your fault. It's his fault. Like, you know, we can sit and say all those, those cliche things, but it doesn't really comfort a whole lot. Um, and so what I, I find myself thinking just because sitting here in the coach's chair, kind of going, maybe you're not ready to date. So not because it's not working, but because there's something in you that might be resisting. Like if it, you know, it's repeated that it's not working, are you picking the wrong guys? Are you um, getting scared? Are you, you know, what are the things that are causing relationships not to work? I don't believe it's because men are bad. For example, I know you're, because you're dating men, but it's not that, that other people are all bad. It's just everybody comes in with their own shit and including us, you, me, whatever, as we go into these things, as do they. And I think the much bigger problem when people are trying to establish a relationship is that we don't allow space for their shit, first of all. And then we aren't interested in the conversation. We kind of want to walk into perfection. At least I feel like that's what I pick up on the fair bit. It's like, you know, people start dating and if he doesn't check every one of the 24 boxes cycle, that's not going to work. Like that's just not going to yeah. work. Uh, I agree with you that my headspace is there now, um, sort of, because like I did, I think I did that with this last person that I was like not putting enough effort, not texting me good morning, not doing this. And then I hear people in my ear going, well, he's not exclusively dating you or this is this. And, and, and I, I start to think of how many times that I did date men that I let it go and they were lying or they're not putting enough effort and it wasted time and I was frustrated and I was hurt. So then I just start, I, I think I just project all that onto there. And then I also onto the new person. And then I also feel like I'll know pretty quickly if I'm attracted to you. So when I do meet new men, I could tell right away if I'm going to be attracted to them, like on the phone or in person. I'm like, and I, I think that's them. fair. Attraction is important. And I think that has to be there. Yeah. But what is it that causes that attraction to be there? And then four dates later, it's not working out because of one of you. Right. So it can be any number of things. But I think that we've become so inundated with what, you know, hashtag relationship goals, you know, like, this is what I want, and I won't stand for this. And I have to have this and I'm not settling for less than this. And like, so we go in with all these expectations. And no one, no one can live up to those expectations, including the person who wrote them all down on the list. Um, I remember coaching a client years ago, I asked her to write um, a non negotiable list, like, what are you looking for in a partner, and somebody you would be serious about, that is this is non-negotiable. This is like, this has to be in place, right? So the next time I talked to her, she was super proud of herself because she had 20 things on her list. I said, you have 20 non-negotiables? I said, okay, so let's go through them. So she had, I, I remember there were so many funny things, things like can't be a redhead. Why? What if he's the nicest guy in the world? Yeah. Can't be no. losing his hair. I'm like, oh, come on. They can't help it. No. Like it says nothing about him as a person. Or for example, must exercise at least three times a week. I'm like, do you? So it was just one of those, we need to have realistic expectations. I made her rewrite her list and she wasn't, she was had to be somewhere between three and five. It was, and so she tried like, so three, A, B, and C. No, no, 
It's just three. <laughs> There's no way B and well, C. It, it, if, if you're attracted to some, I mean, I've been attracted to people that don't fit the criteria I, I wanted because I, I always wanted this big burly guy and like, I like tall men, but then I've also been attracted to short men and it, the energy is just there. I think that the, the friendship and uh, communication and being able to coincide with the person intimacy wise is important. So whatever that looks like, it looks like. Uh, I, I do, yeah, I do think negotiables, non-negotiables are important, especially with children, you know, like they have to be kid-friendly. Understanding, for example. Yeah, ab yeah, absolutely. I think that the thing with understanding too, so like there's smaller elements there. It's like, when you wanna see me, you have to plan ahead as opposed to waiting to the last minute when I have to set up everything ahead of time. And you're a parent too, and you're still not doing that. So then it becomes frustrating and then you start to, to snowball into these thoughts and feelings from like eight years of dating men on and off who don't quite fit the bill. So if I'm seeing what you're doing right away, no problem right there. I don't know, but yeah, go ahead. I was interrupting your negotiation. No, no, talk. it's okay. It's okay. I just, I guess, so then do you feel because of them, how do I say this? lack of success that you've had um Failures, rejections. <laughs> okay i'm a comedian let's go for it appointments <laughs> um, therapy sessions gone bad <laughs> yeah really right okay so but so did you ever sit back have you ever or did you even before you started dating kind of go am i ready for this and yeah, did I've you make sure like did you just ask the question and not really answer it or did you yeah where was that part I'm of the journey I've asked the question and I've every, I have a bit in my act about this. I do okay. stand up that my therapist thinks I'm not ready to date. Well, what does ready look like? You know, I'm 41. Like I have tried everything. I've tried to remain calm. I've tried to hide my crazy side. I've tried to be rational. I've tried to suck it down my throat when he doesn't text me in the morning. I've tried everything. What does ready look like? My hands being tied behind my back, my mouth being taped shut and me just nodding. Like that's the bit I do. But my friend is a, is a coach as well, spiritual coach mostly in Reiki. And she told me after uh, last year I dated, well, I was about to date someone who was uh, having an issue with the fact that we, he wasn't having an issue. He just wanted to date in his religion and I was not his religion and I, he didn't want to waste my time. And I was frustrated with it. And I blocked him on Facebook and I got mad about something he posted with two other women. And she's like, what? She goes, I don't think you're ready to date. I said, what are, what are you talking about? She's like, I really don't think you're ready to date. I don't think you have enough self-love. And I thought it was like such BS. I mean, now I kind of feel like maybe it's not, but I, but I also feel like I don't understand sometimes what ready to date is because I'm 41 and I've been doing this for a long time. Even when I was, before I was married, I just put myself out there authentically and genuinely, and it, it feels like since I've been in high school, I haven't been treated right. Or if, if the, or not that I haven't been treated right, that the people that I, the men that I allow myself to like, or put myself out there for have not really treated me great. Or at some point, if they were treating me great, they have abused my trust. So, okay. Um, have you ever thought, and I'm sure you have, why do you attract 
men who generally don't end up being right for you? You must have asked yourself that. Like, why does this keep happening in yes. some version of that? Yeah, right? I have and I don't know the answer to it. Oh, well. I have, I have a, um, a sneaking su suspicion about some things that are maybe from my past with my own childhood, not, not nothing directed towards my family, um, but just maybe some things that I picked up on at a young age that are maybe learned behaviors that I tend to do. Um, I don't know. I really don't know. So, okay. So I'd love to dig into that, but we're going to keep rolling on the dating thing. But what I yeah. want to say at this point is that Michelle and I are actually going to talk in another episode where I am going to get into all that. And I'm going to ask her all those questions. So we're going to do like a little bit of a, a coaching session together, which she has so graciously agreed to not knowing really what I'm going to ask her. So, so we're going to do that. And um, so look for that in a future episode, if you're listening to this. But let's get back into the dating world and some of the things that I guess, what have you learned about dating that you want to share? Like what would be like, okay, here's a lesson I've learned or here's something that seems to be repeating or whatever. I don't know. Like I don't yeah. have the words in your mouth. What? Okay. Well, what I have learned about dating is that it's not, it's okay to not I mean, I'm still learning it. It's a lesson I'm trying to learn, I guess. Okay. Is that it's okay to share pieces of intimacy at the beginning, but not all of it. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that you're not the sexual being that you are. It doesn't mean that you won't, but it's like you need to hold back a little bit. And it doesn't mean like they're not going to want to see you again. That's one. The other thing, the other thing is that I'm working on is to not jump to conclusions and i always jump to conclusions and make, make an a example well yeah <laughs> when somebody has their phone off i assume they're with somebody else okay. or they're doing something shady or so it couldn't be because the phone died or they just wanted some peace and quiet or want to read a book that can't be oh. the reason I mean, it can be, but I think that, um, I think that, uh, my head will go to the opposite end. If I'm dating them, it'll go to, you know, they're doing something wrong now. Okay. I'm curious then because you have, for example, a mistrust when it comes to people on their phones and their presence on their phone, do you ask them? Like when you meet someone and you're going on a date, maybe there's a second date and you're spending some time together. Do you sit down and go, okay, we need to talk about phones and expectations around when you respond to text messages, when it's not good to text you, what I should expect. Do you have that conversation? Like before the frustration happens? Um, I Recently I tried and it blew up in my face oh. after it. I mean, he heard me and he did it and then he's, didn't do it the way I felt like he needed to. Yeah, I don't think like he heard me completely. And I, I think that that just ignited a fire within me. Uh, I, ha I have th the times I have told men, they just don't do it. They don't meet. They still don't. They I'll say I need to hear from you. I, I set the expectation. They don't do it. And then um, they kind of turn it around on me and say, like, you need to chill out with that. That's yeah. that's my experience in the eight years of it. Yeah. yeah. And that is unfortunately the experience. I think a lot of women that I've talked to as well that I've coached is that as much as they try to have the conversation, which they try to have it so carefully, 
um, it's not actually being, you know, the, he might place like lip service to the, the conversation, but nothing particularly changes or. Um, the, the, there's another thing with dating too, is that like, which I, I don't think I'm alone at in this dating world we live in now is not romantic courting a woman. No. It's let me talk to five women on Tinder, four women on hinge scrolling through instagram loving and sending hearts to these other women because i get it sent to me from men who are married on my instagram page they'll be like oh such a great work and i'm like you're fine what are you doing so it's it's a it's a environment and a setup for us to really trigger anxiety uh, uncertainty insecurities um, I, I hate when men say, you're, are you a jealous type? I'm not jealous of women. I don't trust you and your behavior. And yeah, I mean, I don't have to trust a woman either, but like, I feel like men are simplistic sometimes when it comes to their animalistic, well, I want to have sex. I know she's giving me this and she's not acting like my, this person. So I'm going to be, and it, and it makes you feel a little less than I personally think. I I have friends who tell me, well, you this is what dating is. So you for so if you're not ready to do it, you're not ready. And I'm like, I talking. I don't think I'm ever gonna be ready to talk to somebody or be intimate or get to know somebody when I already know in the back of my head while they're getting to know me, they're getting to know five other people or even one other person because now I'm in yeah. competition with this person. It's like a job interview, but at the same time. I try to do that. I tried to do that the last, this last time. And I was fixated on, I want to go see the other person I really like. So it's just, it's like a cluster F it's horrible. It's a, yeah, it's a game that you don't want to play. Basically no, it's, yeah, it, it's it requires a, a ton of participation and nobody really wants to play. Um, I don't know. You know, it's funny. I, I think, I think you're right about that. People it's like a candy store. Like guys are like, a, you know, they're like, it's like kids in a candy store. Like they have, all these women available to them. So they don't want to risk missing out on someone really great by going for this person who also seems really great. And I know I've had friends and clients tell me that they feel like they feel like they weren't wrong about the chemistry on the first, second, third, fourth dates, but that he probably just got distracted by something like literally like the shiny object. All of the men I've dated claim yeah. to have ADHD. They could go scratch. Get it together. Pay attention. <laughs> like, I, what do I have to wear? A crystal around my neck? I'm sure if I did wear a crystal around my neck, they'd still get distracted because then there's a football game on. And I'm not saying that that's like, I get it because we as women need a lot. I need a lot. I need a lot of attention. I want validation. I want affirmations. I want this. I want that. It's like, I can't shift so much about my the way my brain operates at 41. I can work on myself, but for some of the times when I have people tell me like, well, you really should do this. I'm like, I can barely brush my teeth in the morning because I have such little time, let alone figure out a way to not let it bother me if the guy that I really like and have been intimate with why he can't say hello yeah like, I mean, you just, in like, a, so and send you a text in the morning or just like touch base every now and then right yeah this is not a huge yeah. expectation i think too i mean and that's not just that doesn't discredit that you know that doesn't mean they're not into me but but again there's been men that say he's just not into you like there's that whole book on he's just not that into you yeah um 
you know, my ex-husband was into me to make a trip to see me in a show when I was dating him. That's what made me say, oh, this guy is into me, drove three hours to see me. I had never had that before in, in when my early 20s, you know, especially in your early 20s, guys are like not looking for commitment, at least in my eyes, they weren't. Um, so he really invested in me and he was, mm -hmm. you know, we had got married. So I don't know. I don't know. There's no... To, to me personally, I think the expectation of communicating on a daily basis should happen. Um, but if I don't like the guy, I don't want to hear from him. So that's a weird thing too. If you feel already the guy's falling back or you're falling back, you got to get out of it. Um, I have, I think what has worked is when you know the person for a while and there's already chemistry. Yeah. That was with this last guy which is why I think it's hurting more because it was already there. So, you know, I didn't have to get to know him. First date was boom. Yeah. You know, we, we've already been out. Like we had already gotten to know each other as friends for a while. And I think that's, that's, a, I mean, not that this not, it's clearly ended because of me. So it's fine. But like they, I think the, the, a great formula is to know the person before. So there's a comfortability level there. Um, I would say setting the expectation though, even with that friend that I need communication and I need to build trust. And sometimes when you're out with your friends, I think that's awesome. But if you're not communicating to me at the end of the night, then I'll be like, huh, that doesn't make me feel great. Some men think that's needy. I don't really care. <laughs> Well, you know what? It's interesting you bring up that needy part because this is one of the things that men love to say about women, right? And we have yeah. things that we love to say about men. They're non-committal, they flaky, right. whatever. But um, you can call us whatever we want. It's what we want and it's what we need. So if you want to be, if you want to be significant in our lives, if you want to have a relationship, so what's the cost here? The cost is a good night text when you roll in home at two in the morning that I can wake up to, for example, right? That's not a huge cost. This is not a huge need. I'm not asking you to do something that is putting you out in any particular way. Yeah. And I also feel like it's almost made to make us feel bad about ourselves the way when someone does that. Like I've had people joke, are you a stage five clinger? And I'm like, when I was first getting, when I first got divorced and I used to hear that, like, I don't want to be a stage five clinger. But now I, I think through comedy, Comedy has made me feel so much more comfortable in my own skin, especially when you when you self-deprecate yourself and you make others laugh about your own flaws because they can connect to them. I embrace that. I'm not a clinger, but I want to be with a partner and I want to I want to be with the right partner. And I don't want to be clung to either, but there's something to be said about romance, effort, and energy. And if you call it clinging, call it whatever the heck you want. When we're in bed with you and you want things done a certain way. You're not going to say, call me a stage five clinger. I'm going to be an amazing sexual being who's sharing with you because I want to share with you. You know what I'm saying? So I find it like interesting. I mean, stage five clinger, it's just always cracked me up with that. It's like. I've heard that term too. And I think it's, I, I mean, ultimately it's a form of gaslighting, but it's just. Right. It's just them trying to give themselves either an excuse because they behave badly or an excuse not to communicate when they should or whatever they're trying to do, they're basically dismissing. And I, I don't agree with any part of 
you know, you're in the early stages with a guy and you're sharing a need or you're sharing something that is important for you for communication or a preference or something like that. And that's the response. It's like, whoa, okay. All the hairs in the back of my neck are up now. So this is not good. This is red flag, right? This is a red flag. Well, also, um, I, so I just thought of something too. When I dated this police officer, he was this big, thick, burly cop a couple of years ago. And I'm actually his, there's a character inspired by him in my show. And he, he, he watched the pilot. He thinks, he thinks it's great. Um, but I wasn't, I did stand up. He was one of who kind of got me inspired to do stand up. He ins- triggered the motivation, our breakup. He said to me, there was a point when the beginning of us dating where, um, I had a little bit of a meltdown and I called him. I was like, why can't you pick up? You said you were at work. You just posted on Facebook that you're at a bar in New York, whole thing. I must have texted him like a bunch of times, not over abundance, because I remember asking my friends, is this too much? I called him three times. I sent him a couple of texts and he didn't answer. And I was devastated because we had just saw each other the night before where it was Valentine's. Uh, No, it was after Valentine's. We had went to his friend's party. And it, it went okay, but like, I felt like the day after I was like, what is, are we boyfriend, girlfriend? What is going on? So that text thread and the calls through like he didn't talk to me for a week i and i reached out to him and was like i thought i was pregnant which was a which i wasn't but i didn't get my period yet so i was freaking out and he said he called me he's like are you okay i said why haven't i not heard from you what is going on um and he's like Okay, so I went to the doctors. He's like, well, let me know if you want me to go with you. I said, okay, I don't have, I don't need to go with me. Um, Then I said, can we please clear the air? He's like, yeah, let's get together. I think it's a good idea we clear the air. So we got together the following week and he was like, I really like you, but you are anxious as hell. Like, and you need to control that. I'll never forget him saying this to me because actually that is probably the biggest problem I have with dating is my anxiety and how I, react. In fact, my anxiety drives a lot of things that make bad choices, but or overreact, you know, and I I have that in my genetics, we are a very anxious family, very anxiety is embedded in an Italian woman's blood. But he said that that was that was a truth. He he gave me a second chance, we continued dating for five months after. Uh, So so I tried to control it and it took a while. Like I really shoveled it down. I didn't open my mouth, which was in a way not good because I didn't want him to think I was crazy or being anxious or projecting. Yeah. So, yeah. And at the end of the day, he just wasn't committed. I mean, we just, he couldn't do it. And uh, I, the anxiety drives a lot of my, the issues for me with dating. And I think that maybe with other women, it can too. I don't, I don't know, but when you're not getting what you need from the partner and you already have anxiety, it doesn't help. So here you're in a relationship that isn't really working because you're not getting what you need. When you express your need, he talks to you about anxiety. So you squish your needs down and stay with him for several months and then it doesn't work. Am I, am I wrong so far? No. No, you're right. I think I think that the what he said about my anxiety, I didn't realize that my anxiety was was transparent to him. Okay. So but now it doesn't work out. And now that it's over, do you blame yourself? Well, this was Figure, from oh, it must be me and my anxiety then? Yeah. So this was many years ago. I think okay. that the the breakup with the with him 
wasn't my fault, uh, but I should have ended it prior to him. Okay. It. That's actually where I was going with this, which I'm glad you got there all on your own. Um, because that's <laughs> the thing. Well, because essentially you weren't well suited. He might've been the super nice guy. Maybe he was great in bed. Maybe he was super good looking, burly, all those things that you're looking for, but he wasn't right for you. And so I, I think one of the things that's so hard to teach women, my, and I say that only because I only work with women. Again, I keep um, qualifying that, but with my clients, the hardest thing to get through to them is why would you want to be with someone who you've already named like four things that, that weren't right for you, but that you were tolerating? Like they'll even say things like, I put up with this and I didn't say anything about this and I was okay with this and I didn't like this, but, and then he leaves me. It's like, what are we insulted about? That he left before you did or... Yeah. Right. hundred percent. I don't want to be left. I want to leave you hundred percent. I don't know but what that women is. Don't. I because think that's one thing that women do, they stay. Because we do still find like, there's so there was something about him that I still did really care about. We, I was like falling in love with him. Well, that's fine. There's generally speaking, very Enjoy. few people are either all good or all bad. So here you meet someone and he seems great and the feelings are starting and it all is awesome. And then, but there's like those things, like there's those things that aren't right. Like whatever it may be, it might not mean that this is a bad person or that he's abusive or any of those things, just simply those things that don't feel right, that just aren't right. Well, I also think that we aren't able to say to ourselves, I think I need to get out of this. This isn't right for me. He's a great guy, but it's just not right for me. Um, Why do we stay? There, Because there's something that keeps us there. It's the either sex or it's usually the sex the no, intimacy it's a fear of being alone um you can get sex well, anywhere I, i've gotten out of relationships before that i didn't want to be with the guy like i've but gotten out you of wanted to be with him but he but you know he's not right you wish he was right but he isn't right you stay i was with him a year ago too oh my god <laughs> Tell okay. you, I'm the problem. Okay, so we're gonna wrap this up. We're gonna wrap this up, Michelle. <laughs> we're I know. Wrap this up. Here's what I want my listeners to get from this. First of all, whatever you're going through is normal. Like everybody deals with this, and I believe men do too. I think I would actually love to talk to men one day on this, like someone yes. who's going through online dating and to get their perspective because. As much as I think a lot of women think that men are in the driver's seat when it comes to dating and they're the ones who get to choose, they're the ones who don't respond, you know, because we're five stage five clingers and they're non-committal. So we have recipe for disaster, like right there, just to use the cliches. But I think ultimately for everybody, online dating is unnatural, honestly, because it it makes you connect with people who you would never have connected with because if you saw them in a room, you would never even have noticed them. And I'm not talking about looks, I'm talking about chemistry and all of those things. And I think so much is lost in online dating. And we try to create something, they try to convince us that they are that person, we try to convince them that we are that person, whatever. And so many, there's such a potential for misguided interest and whatever. So I think online dating is a bit of a shit show. And which you have turned into a comedy show, which I think is very cool. Um, so I wanted, I want people to be able to, to tune in and hear more about your journey, because I think it's 
it's so healthy to laugh at this and to have fun with this and to not take it so terribly seriously. Um, generally speaking, right. we all have so much going on in our lives that is so wonderful. So we don't need to be all tied up in this one thing that didn't work. So where can they find you? So I, you guys can find me anywhere on divorcediarysshow.com okay. or you can go to michelletraina.com and I'm on Amazon Prime, Michelle Traina Divorce Diaries. You can watch the comedy special right there. Um, but divorcediariesshow.com or michelletraina.com and you can go all my socials on there as well. Yeah, and we're, I'm of course going to include all of this in um, the show notes. And for those of you, like where's your next show? Because I got people so, listening all over. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I am based out of New York City, uh, right outside New York City in New Jersey. And I have, I'm a, also a host of a show called What's Up New York, okay. which is a web show online. And they can, everybody can watch it wherever they are at ny2c.com. In addition to any content I do with Divorce Diary Show. So there's that if you can't come see me in person. And then all my live shows are, are on my website. I'm going to be in San Diego, October 22nd. I'm going to be in Jersey, October 28th. Um, and then in September is a quiet month because I'm doing something, a, a secret surprise. I can't Ooh. really talk about right now. Okay. But I'm in and also um, November. Uh, so November 1st, I'm at the Houston Comedy Film Festival as well. So, um, and if they are in Chicago area, St. Charles is specific. I uh, My pilot will be screening at the Breakout Film Festival, September 15th. Oh, that is very cool. Okay, so we're gonna put all of that below as well so that you guys can check out Michelle. And if you live in any of those areas and go see her live, I guess, you know, they can wave and say, hey, heard of you on um, a Blessing in Divorce podcast. There you go. So then you can get the connection for how they found you. But um, thank you for just being honest and candid with us today, Michelle, and just chatting about how it is hard. And I don't know that my goal was to make this easy today. I think I just want women to feel normal more than anything. I love that you just said that. I hope I've made other people feel normal with my sometimes craziness. <laughs> yeah. I, well, that's the thing. I think so many sit back and go, there must be something wrong with me. And there isn't. I think yeah. honestly, everyone who's in that space right now is navigating something that is challenging and I don't think it's natural. So I think everyone's struggling a bit. So I, I appreciate you, your honesty. And then also dear listeners, um, stay tuned for another episode with Michelle, where I'm kind of going to be coaching her a little bit on this. And we're going to be digging more into those questions. I didn't ask that you wished I asked. Um, I'm going to get into those with her in a separate episode. So thank you for listening. And thank you, Michelle, for being here. And uh, I look forward to talking to you again. Yay, thank you. What a great conversation. I had so much fun talking to Michelle and just kind of getting into the nitty gritty of what it means to be dating. And uh, I know it's not an easy thing. And I know that a lot of you struggle with it and all the dynamics around it. So I'm hoping if nothing else that this helped you feel a little bit more normal, I guess, and to understand that you're not the only one finding it challenging and maybe some hope as well. But remember what I said in the beginning that uh, I also did another episode with uh, Michelle where I kind of did a coaching session on some of the struggles that she's had with dating and some particularly around certain relationships. Um, so stay tuned for that. I'll bring that on in just a few weeks. So until then, have a beautiful day.